That's what weren't you here for me to beat? <laughs> Abby, Abby walks back in and Tim's just standing at the door with a hammer in his hand. I'm talking to the future jurors who will be listening to this as, <laughs> as circumstantial evidence in my eventual uh, whatever sort of violence I've perpetrated against someone case. All right, well, welcome back to a new Christmas episode of The Dicks in the Back Row, where we make fun of the good movies and trash the bad ones. I'm Max Healy out in Nashville, Tennessee, and with us in Boston are Tim Begin and Mike Preble. How are you guys? Just swell. Yeah, it's about right, yeah. I'm thrilled to be here and to be talking about Home Alone, a great film. All right. Well, let's not get too excited, guys. And uh, we also got uh, Derek Brady, who uh, flew back to Nashville just to do this episode with us today. How you doing, Derek? Woo! I'm doing great, Max. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> well, in uh, week three of our Christmas movie month, uh, we watched 1990s Home Alone, directed by Chris Columbus. The fucking balls in those parents. That's the, that's the founder of America. Also uh, written by John Hughes, who wrote pretty much like every 1980s coming-of-age movie, and starring Macaulay Culkin. Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, and Catherine O'Hara. So you guys uh, ready to get into it? Sure am. Let's do it. All right. Man, it is really loud on that other side. Jesus Christ. (laughs) I I don't even know what it could possibly be, Max. It must be someone else. Good Lord. All right, well, kind of feel like I'm yelling at the ocean right now. The movie opens up with the McAllister family frantically preparing for their Christmas trip to France, and you're introduced to the real-life version of Bart Simpson, a.k.a. Kevin McAllister, as well as his extended family of dickheads. And uh, Kevin, he's you know just trying to find someone to help uh, pack his suitcase, and they're just treating him like a homeless person out, like on Wall Street or something. All these people, like, he's one of the youngest children in the family. He would be the one of the first ones to get some help. Yeah. Am I right? I mean, he's, uh, to my count, the second youngest person in this family. Like, someone's helping him out, but everyone's really talking some mad shit to this poor little kid. So, can you help me pack my suitcase? It's like, oh, you want me to help you, you useless piece of shit? <laughs> You're incompetent. You're... Just go get your parents. How about you help no. yourself to a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head? <laughs> this is This is what happens when... Uh, Irish Catholics refuse to use birth control. <laughs> they just have they have way too many kids, and they, there's no way that all of the kids can be treated well. So, you know, there has to be one sacrificial lamb in there. <laughs> that the entire the rest of the family, the rest of the 15, 15 to twenty five other people in the family take their anger out on. Yeah, I was gonna say if there's if this family was actually in Ireland, Kevin would have been forced to become the priest. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like he would have definitely been dealt the poorest hand. Been like, just we don't care what you think. Everybody else can have a you know a, another rich life, and you will be stuck in some cloister somewhere. Right. Well, and, and I don't want to hear you know, anything I mean, about Father O'Brien. You're going. <laughs> yeah. Well, part of it too. I mean, if you think about it, like they're, they're saying he's incompetent and that he can't do anything for himself, and you're about to really find out otherwise in this yeah. fucking film. Like, how did they not see? I mean, surely he had to some show some semblance of ingenuity in his day to day life. I know you'd think so. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, he's in second grade. It's like where the f- where the fuck's your mom? Like, that's what your mom's supposed to do when you're an eight year old is help you pack your bag. Yeah, that's what I mean. This whole family is just so, I don't know. 
I just have two in two consecutive sentences. No eight year old packs their own suitcase and quote this whole family sucks because <laughs> they're all times. just miserable, miserable pieces of shit throughout the entire movie. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Kevin, he doesn't want to sleep in the bed with his piss pants cousin, who's also another Culkin brother. Uh, so he asks his brother Buzz if he can sleep in his room, but Buzz is just a big fat jerk off who wouldn't let Kevin sleep in his room if he was growing on his ass, which is Ooh. gross, and we definitely know what Preble would do in that case. I, I, I think I would cut it off. <laughs> if I remember correctly. Snip, snip. Preble's just like a Civil War doctor. Just <laughs> cutting it yeah. off. <laughs> Something going wrong? I got a knife. Yeah. We get that, little, like, we get that little typical like, teenager like jargon of, oh, we're going to France. And the, the chicks don't shave their pits, but they're they're walking around on nude beaches, right? It's fucking yeah. December. Like, <laughs> I know. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Also, his brother has a tarantula. I mean, can we all agree that people who keep tarantulas in any shape fashion or spiders in any fucking form or fashion are sociopath serial killers. Oh yeah. That begs the question of how many tarantulas does the get a job killer have lying around his house or her house. The get a job killer has no tarantulas around their house because that that the get a job get a job killer has integrity. Oh, okay. <laughs> I also yeah. like the budding equality of Paco being like who in the get a job what does he want? Oh excuse me. I mean it's a possible she <laughs> women can be murderers too. <laughs> Preble, you, you've brought me a long way, man. I'm I'm still bringing you, Paco. It's like dragging a big, fat, dumb rock up a hill. But I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking doing it, okay? I'm committed to this. <laughs> oh, shit, that was good. Speaking of uh, Buzz being a serial killer, uh, they look out the window and they see their next-door neighbor, a.k.a. the South Bend Shovel Slayer. Just a great name. This poor old man is just trying to help out his neighborhood by uh, just trying to shovel out everyone's you know driveways. Gets some kind of like child urban legend spin zone of him being a mass murderer who like killed his entire family and murdered half of his neighborhood. Now I just want to say something here. The people that were murdered they were all lazy pieces of shit that didn't have any jobs. So <laughs> it was a well found those were well founded kills. <laughs> I'm just well, gonna I'm gonna put that out there. I'm in defense of this uh, old man serial killer who is also <laughs> definitely not me. <laughs> Tim, uh, the, one question I've got, you know, they talk about him putting the bodies in the in the, the salt in his trash can. Um, what what type of percentage kill would that be? You'd be dead before you get, went into the salt. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It's to preserve it. Yeah. My, my mistake. On, Not that yeah. I'd know. <laughs> what does he do in the summertime? <laughs> That's that's another question I had. Kevin's brother talks about how he he just walks up and down the street all year long, shoveling and salting. It seems like it probably wouldn't be an effective use of your time in the middle of you know July. So yeah, if you're walking in a big trench coat and boots and you're shoveling the sidewalk in July when it's like 95 <laughs> degrees, that's usually when they that's usually when the county's called and just to be like, all right, sir, come with us. So go. Did you get back out again? You know, to bring you back to wherever you came from. Yeah. Oh, All right, Mike. Here? All right, Mike Myers. <laughs> you obviously got out of the loony bin. Oh my God, those people. So uh, you also do have Joe Pesci dressed up as a cop, just casing the whole house, asking every kid walking by uh, when they plan to leave and who owns the house. So eventually, he talks to Kevin's incompetent dad, who pretty much just gives Pesci his passcode to his house. 
First of all, no, if he, he again, obviously Joe Pesci is not a real cop. Spoiler for everybody. <laughs> but that being said, if he was a real cop, which everybody assumes he is, no one would just be walking past a cop yeah, no who's shit. literally in your house who also. I hope someone else reconciled this too. He has a tie clip that's a gun. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking insane. No one would be like, go fuck you, cop. Go get out of here. It's just like, people would be like, why is there a police officer standing in our house? Is someone dead? I know. Yeah. I would, be, sus- I would be suspicious of a cop who is in my house who wasn't with authority telling me why he was there and what he needed from me. If there was just a cop standing in my foyer for 45 minutes, I would be like, what's going on? That That would be more startling than a cop like actually doing something in my house. Well, and again, like that's not gonna happen because to enter their enter their house, he has to have a fucking warrant. I mean, he can't just walk into someone's house. Yeah. Unless they let you in, which probably happened. But yeah, I mean, teach your kids to come get you if there's a police officer at the door. And then secondly, just say thank you, have a good night. Just don't go, like, start rambling on about, like, your whole life story. Like, yeah, gives a shit. Right. Just, just the whole point of that is just to explain why they're leaving, which you never really pay attention to as a kid. Just, you're just waiting for them to just all be gone. Um, but Kevin's dad's just rambling on about his brother lives in Paris and misses his family, so he bought them all flights to come see him for Christmas. So, like... Is his dad or is his brother like a diplomat or something? I don't know. They just know they're all filthy rich because this house is like fifty rooms like, in it. For, right, why, yeah. why wouldn't he just fly to Chicago for the holidays instead yeah. of buying eleven coach tickets and four first class uh, first class tickets to Paris? Like that's just spend like fifteen <laughs> grand right there at least. Well, so I've got a, I've got a pretty big family on my mom's side, and and I I wrote one of my notes was well this is pretty relatable. Except for the fact they're going to Paris. <laughs> I mean, just like they're chaos going to Paris, around. Tennessee. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if they were road story. tripping to Des Moines, it might be more relatable, but yeah. Paris? Come on. I don't think so. What kind Come of house on. does this guy have in Paris where he could fucking sleep 15 people? Yeah, and you got a, a bird eyes view of the Eiffel Tower. Again, these are all just elites. These elites on elites on elites. Oh. Well, later on, uh, Evidently, the only pizza delivery driver working in the entire city is this dipshit who keeps on running over their statue <laughs> later on. Um, but uh, Kevin uh, ruins everyone's pizza party when he gets into a fight with Buzz for eating the only pizza uh, that Kevin actually likes. And uh, the scuffle leads to one of the best lines of any movie ever with Uncle Frank just going, Look what you did, you little jerk! <laughs> Dude, if I ever had a beat where like I did something like that, or just like there were people staring at me Ugh. quietly with that much disdain, I would go on the most profane, <laughs> terrible rant ever. <laughs> it would be like three hours long, and I would tear each one of those people down brick by brick until they either had to kill me to stop me or like literally had to tie me up. I would have fucking destroyed them. That always pissed me off, though. All these adults just looking at this kid. Well, especially uh, that fucking freeloader, Uncle Frank. No, I mean, he's terrible. He's, <laughs> what a piece he's of so shit. bad, he's funny. Like I, I don't know if you caught that one, uh, I guess, note that they had or one little line that, that uh, uh, Kevin's dad has. Uncle Frank says, oh, I got traveler's checks. And Kevin's dad goes, yeah, probably the kind that yeah. don't work in France. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that was awesome. 
Well, this is where you also realize how much of a psychopath Kevin's mom is. Everyone's sitting around having this fucking pizza party in the kitchen, and she's like, I hope you're all drinking milk, trying to get rid of it. <laughs> Who the fuck is drinking milk with pizza, you goddamn crazy bitch? That would have been the start of my fucking rinse. <laughs> <laughs> mom, you dumb cunt. <laughs> Why would I drink milk with pizza? You're a brainless sack of shit. Dad makes all the money, and all you do is sit at home and act high and mighty. You know, all but all you do is fucking like cook me eggs and then watch the soaps with Chardonnay. Yeah. Also, if your eight-year-old kid tries to tackle your two hundred pound twelve-year-old son, maybe you should ask the fat kid if he ate all his little brother's yeah. pizza. Well, and Buzz is a pussy. Buzz gets driven back like a fucking horrible offensive lineman. <laughs> In this, I mean, he just gets driven back fucking 10 yards. Yep. Second the quarterback, Kevin McAllister. No balance. But um, <laughs> they send him up to the attic for the rest of the night, and his entire family, including his parents, are just all fucking assholes. You know, this poor kid is afraid of the attic, and his mom's like, well, tough shit. You should have thought about that before your older brother ate all your pizza. Well, and I don't know if you saw this. It took me, I, I didn't realize this until a couple years ago, but in that whole scene where all that chaos is happening and they're cleaning up the counter, mm. his dad actually throws away his ticket. I saw mm. that. Yeah. yeah. It's a tough little catch, but if you look at they got a shot shooting out in the trash can and they use the red napkins with a red fucking ticket, so it's hard to see. But um, yeah, he threw away his ticket. So that's one of the reasons they didn't see him. So uh, Kevin's bitching out his no, bitching out his mom about how his entire family hates him and he wishes he didn't have any family at all. And then delivers pretty sick burn to his mom when uh, she says, "Stay upstairs. I don't want to see you the rest of the night." And Kevin goes, "I don't want to see you again for the rest of my life. <laughs> I don't want to see any of you jerks again." <laughs> oh, Kevin, be careful what you wish for. Kevin, you're such a disease. Oh my god, this is so it's so it's so ridiculous. Because while he's fighting with his mom, she says maybe you should ask Santa for a new family, and then he says like, okay, I will. And she's like, how dare you say that? It's like you set me up. Like what? You brought like, up. Yeah, what world are you living in? I mean, like you're egging me on. You're the adult. Like yeah, I was gonna say, I'm a, what I'm a child. Engage- yeah, what adult engages their child in this conversation? They just go, go upstairs. I'm not going to talk to you about this. This isn't a discussion. Like, yeah. are you actually going to have this, like, petty little childish argument about, well, if you don't like us, maybe you should just leave. <laughs> That's what a fucking 12-year-old says to another 12-year-old when they don't want to play, like, checkers. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Kevin, uh, his wish does come true because the power lines get hit with a, and a tree falls over in the middle of the night and uh, they all sleep through their alarm, which leads to a fast-forwarded mad dash inside the house the next morning. And um, I wrote my, the note I wrote down after this was, this family doesn't deserve to go anywhere for Christmas. <laughs> they fucking It's don't. true. They are actually terrible, terrible people. Also, like, not one adult or one kid has an internal clock that will wake you up before 8 a.m.? Nope. <laughs> like, I can fucking be drinking until 3.30 in the morning. I'm still going to be waking up at 6 o'clock the next day. Yeah, same. So dumb. At some point, I was going to say, you just wake up naturally as an adult. Yeah, if you're an adult, if you're an adult with a job, your anxiety and stress and eventual hypertension that's going to kill you <laughs> at, a, at a too young age will wake you up in a cold sweat. That's how I well, wake up every morning. No, no, hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. What? What is this? What does this word "adult" mean? Because I sleep till noon every day. <laughs> my boss wakes me up every morning saying you're late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm on my way. <laughs> oh, you should have called me earlier. 
God damn it. <laughs> Jordan, let's okay. be honest. This is, this is kind of on you. <laughs> well, I'm not going to brush my teeth, just so you know. One of the cousins, or Kevin's sister, whoever, who gives a shit, does a head count, and she actually uh, accidentally counts the slow boy next door, Brian McBrain dead, or whatever, uh, as Kevin. So they drive to the airport without him. Dude, that, that driver's reaction is so fucking funny. That kid's just, just you know, hassled him question after question after question. He goes, <laughs> gee, kid, I don't know. Hit the road. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off, you little brat. <laughs> it would have been funny if the kid actually went to Paris with them by accident. <laughs> like, you know what, Kevin? Do you have any friend McGriff baseball cards to trade? <laughs> it's like, oh my god, we're stuck with this fucking kid. <laughs> First thing, though, you have 45 minutes to catch an international flight, so you're not making the fucking flight because you need to be there two hours prior. And then secondly, like, instead of asking this teenage girl, oh, did you count everybody? How about you get your ass out of the fucking car and just go check? Right. Well, that that was the thing I was looking at. I was like, you know, there's a scene that's coming up where they're running through the airport on their way to their gate. I said, what I would have been more interested in watching is them getting through security in 45 minutes. That would have been really pretty goddamn impressive. This is pre-9-11. Exactly. Yep. I was going to say, pre-9-11, you can do whatever you want. It's still O'Hare on, like, Christmas Eve. No, it's true. But, I mean, back back before 9-11, you could essentially walk through security smoking a crack pipe. Firing gun. <laughs> yeah, firing Everyone gun. Everyone like, Come on, sir. Yeah, as long as you didn't look like a certain type of person, they'd be like, come on, sir. Come on through. I think it'd be fun. They'd be like, oh, this guy's shooting a gun. He must be important. Let him through. <laughs> Just like, oh, man, he's, he's got a lot of places to go. Air marshal. Fine-looking gun, sir. <laughs> yep, it's my co-pilot. <laughs> uh, oh, so you're flying the plane. I'm gonna... Okay. We're drama bills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be flying. Oh, you just wait. Uh, I don't know. She's like, you count everyone? I think so. Well, good enough for me. Let's go. How about this? They're your family. How about instead of just counting them like you're a camp counselor who doesn't give a shit, how about you just go, oh, let me recognize all the faces in my family? <laughs> That would also be nice. So the parents are in first class neglecting their kids before they take off on this 11-hour flight and go, I hope we didn't forget anything, like our baby boy. Free champagne. (laughs) I was... It was in this scene where they're getting on the plane that I really thought about Tim. Um, Because there are two pretty fucking solid sweaters on that plane. I don't know if you caught those, Tim. (laughs) Dude, there are solid sweaters all over this goddamn movie. Chicago, there, come on. There's, there's some quality sweaters. There's, a, there's an old man in a tacky Christmas sweater, Uncle Frank, wearing like 17 different colors on his sweater. <laughs> Dude, the dad has a great sweater. He's got a nice collar on his sweater. I mean, that's keeping your neck warm. That's a nice I think that if uh, Tim could go back in time to any like in any era, it would just be 1988 to 1990 Chicago. Because he got Child's Play, and then he got this movie. That's exactly what I was going to say, man. I mean, this is the city of Detective Mike, I believe, so... You need to get out of the car. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are not wrong. So, uh, this is when the real movie starts, because Kevin is now home alone, and he's walking around the house, and no one's answering him, except for the growling furnace in the basement. And um, I do love, like, the, the like the little thought bubbles that comes across uh, Kevin's head when he's at the uh, the kitchen with, like, Buzz and Uncle <laughs> Frank. <laughs> he's, like, recalling all these shitty things his family said to him. And you got Uncle Frank again, just going, look what you did, you little jerk, jerk, jerk. <laughs> I would love to bully Uncle Frank. I would love to just stuff him in a locker. 
stuff them in a locker with like you know a bag <laughs> of like 12 day old egg salad yeah well see and that's the thing all I can think about was that must have been Buzz like wherever he went to school he is a lily white chubby ginger so wherever he went to school he was getting treated like absolute dog shit I mean, I don't know what you're getting at here, but, you know. I was treated very well in high school. Everyone respected me and treated me like I was the coolest, most, you know, most awesome guy ever. They certainly didn't make fun of me constantly. (laughs) All right. So Kevin realizes that no one's home and starts doing everything he's not allowed to do, like destroy Buzz's room, uh, shooting Buzz's BB gun making some baller ice cream marshmallow sundaes and watching Angels with Filthy Souls, which is a nice little rip-off of Angels with Dirty Faces. Uh, we papered is... right over the best line in this movie. Go ahead. Buzz, your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. The face, the face on that which is so apparently... Good. <laughs> so I looked, I looked it up because yeah. there was some trivia that I thought I knew about this movie. I went back and double-checked it. So, Max, I hope I'm not still in your thunder here, but... Um, the picture that he looks at was actually the art director for the movie's son. <laughs> mm-hmm. The director felt too badly about having a, a girl, so he's like, "I ah, just do your kid. We were born, yeah. Dad. Hey, hey, your, your son's real ugly, right? Real fat and ugly? Okay, we're going to use him. Oh, yeah. yeah he's the fattest, ugliest kid I have. <laughs> Cut to uh, the shitty parents who have that feeling of uh, forgetting something. Was it the coffee pot? No. Was it the front door? No. Garage door? Yep. Yep, it was a garage door. Kevin! This movie has an has a tremendous number of quality screams. Oh, God. From, Marv. From Kevin Especially Daniel Marv. Stern later. Yeah, Dude, Marv. Marv's screams in this movie are fucking awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> I want to I make... Maybe this, is, maybe this is how I make a million dollars, but I want to make a super cut of just all of his screams back-to-back in this movie. They I'm sure somebody has awesome. done that on YouTube somewhere where you can just look up like Marv's screams and it's just... You know. So, it's the highest girly pitched voice. It's it's awesome. Oh man! <laughs> Again, it's like you got an eight year old kid. You didn't walk in the back of the airplane before to make sure that he was okay before he sat down in the front. Well, that's what I think is so interesting, right? Shit. He's like, I think he he's at least that that into that you know that nuclear family's son, right? Because there's the dad, the mom, and five kids, including yep. Kevin. And it seems like Kevin is the youngest. So I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a parent, but if I my youngest my youngest child, I think I would have a have an, have an eye out for him in case you know we're traveling across a fucking ocean to another country continent. Might want to make sure he's okay. Yeah. He doesn't need water or anything. Right. Well, a normal, a normal family, you know, would, would, like, one of the parents would go in first with some of the kids, and then one of them would hang back and make sure they all got on the plane. I mean, God Or did damn. they not notice that there's an open seat where Kevin should be, and they, none of the kids went up and be like, hey, Mom, Kevin's not on the plane? It sounds so, more, so much more violent. <laughs> Whoever did that, that thank you so yeah. much. I don't know if that was Marv or Tim's victims. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, really, victims? Come on. Uh, 
Well, speaking of those screams, though, after this, you're introduced to Harry and Marv, played by Joe Pesci and Daniel Stearns, as they uh, try to break into the McAllister house from the basement. But Kevin turns on the lights and they scatter off for now. But they might be back. After this, Kevin pumps himself up to go outside and tell the world that he's not afraid anymore. But then he walks into old man Marley, screams, and then just runs back into the house. Uh, Another quality All I was trying to do... All I was trying to do is give him a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's in there all alone. You know what I mean? He's Now he's the man of the house. He needs a good job. So I was out there, you know, going to hand him the shovel. Be like, come on. <laughs> but uh, he obviously wasn't into you that. Know, he wasn't man enough for it. Well, and I mean, old man Marley, at some point, because I mean, Kevin encounters him three or four times. Like, mm-hmm. at some point, you would think, oh, you know what? This might be a good time to say something soothing to calm this wildly scared child. But instead, he just stares at him. Yeah. Yeah. Or just say something yeah. like, hello. <laughs> right. Hi. There's multiple, there's multiple event circumstances in this where he just kind of stares and does weird shit. And it's like, you may be a great person or whatever, or you maybe not, but, like, just say something. Yeah. Like, you're bringing this on yourself to a degree, old man. Right, yeah. You're clearly horrifying this little boy. <laughs> yeah. You're socially awkward, old man Marley. <laughs> this could be part of the down... This could be part of your problem. He runs into Marley again at the store, you know, he accidentally shoplifts. You have one of the uh, extras from the SNL Chicago Bear skits just falling <laughs> on his ass. Uh, good. <laughs> Whimsical humor uh, there. That's so good. <laughs> so uh, the next day, Marvin and Harry are robbing the neighbor's house, and they overhear Kevin's dad on the answering machine saying that they're in Paris, so that means McAllister house is a go. And uh, also, Marv thinks that they need to have a calling card because all the good thieves do. And uh, since he has a mind of a 12-year-old, he thinks it's a cool idea to flood the houses that they break into so they can be called the Wet Bandits. I love Marv's face when he's uh, when he's just like walking back in. He's he's got the shit eating grin, like he's stolen like eight different snow globes yeah. too. <laughs> Joe Pesci's just looking at him, just going, "What is wrong with you?" Well, it's like it, when they're when they're looking and first like casing from the outside the McAllister house, like you know Joe Pesci's going, "Yeah, but they got a lot of jewels and and all these different things." And Marv goes, "Toys." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's definitely like autistic or something, <laughs> right, boss? Yeah, it's definitely like a, you know, like a Lenny situation. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna say more more Lenny than than you know autistic. He's probably just he's just a dumb. He's on right? he's on some sort of spectrum somewhere. <laughs> yeah, the only thing he's good at is like picking a lock. That's it. <laughs> That's what he hyper focuses on. So uh, then Marv's uh, saying, don't tell me what to do. I can do what I want, as they almost run over Kevin, who, again, has a nice, solid scream. <laughs> awesome scream in that one, too. Macaulay <laughs> <laughs> Coken is so good in this. Oh, he's awesome. He's awesome. It, it was good to see that this springboarded him into a nice, successful, stable career. Of heroin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's too bad he was molested by Michael Jackson. <laughs> and everyone else in Hollywood, I'm sure. He's passing around like a rag doll. Poor oh, oh, no. I think that might be the first I think that might be the first repulsive response Max has ever gotten. I know. <laughs> you know that even if I can, if I go <laughs> even Derek goes, Oh god. god. <laughs> yeah. It's 
typically the repulsive responses are either in response to something that I've said or Paco has said. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. So, Tis the season. Thanks, Max. Sure. Yeah, thanks for gi- thanks for giving us that, Max. <laughs> Well, uh, the wet bandits, they casually stalk this eight-year-old in their sketchy work van until Kevin just runs off and hides in front of the church. They're very sly bandits. <laughs> I, I mean, I would venture to say that's a pretty... I mean, I've followed children around at that pace before. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely run away. <laughs> I do love that, though. They're like, oh, why is he Why is he running? Like, why is he scared of us? Like, I don't know, because a weird van is following him. Like, is that... <laughs> a, a windowless a van. windowless, <laughs> like, paint-chipped van. It's like, that's why, and he doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. The same van that almost ran him over yeah. is now following him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so then Kevin says he has a plan uh, to make sure the bad guys don't break in, and uh, quite the creative and resourceful plan for a kid who doesn't know how to pack a suitcase. <laughs> right. And it, he sets this up in probably no more than, what, like two hours? He's, yeah. he's He rigs up an entire, like, pulley system with fucking the, the creepy mannequins from the basement and Michael yeah. Jordan. He's got a mannequin. Here's my question. Why do they have so mm-hmm. many mannequins? <laughs> so, I actually I grew up my entire life without having any mannequins in my basement. <laughs> and I don't think there was ever a thought that we needed a mannequin. So oh, I'm Tim, you, you didn't live a full life. You didn't have any mannequins in your basement? Like a child like a child's dream. <laughs> I'll tell you had at least six grown up. I bet Tim has a bunch yes. of mannequins in his basement now though. <laughs> That's what he calls them. Yeah, mannequins That's of what... mannequins of sorts. <laughs> That's why you got the salt. It's for my mannequins. <laughs> Oh, but he, he got a mannequin spinning on a vinyl record, so he knows how to set up and play a vinyl yeah. player. So okay, he's got a Jordan on a train track that he built, and then a, yeah, an extremely elaborate rope and uh, string system, which he's clearly not controlling at all. No, he's just <laughs> like Stevie Wonder, just flailing his head all over the seizure. place. Yeah, he's having yeah. he's having a seizure in his living room. Also, <laughs> if. If the burglars stayed there for any period of time, they would have realized that all the movements were cyclical. So yeah. it was basically like it was very binary. It's either like they're here or they're here or they're here or they're here, and then they would have quickly discerned that those that's not real people. Well, that's not how real Tim, people act. It sounds like this is something you've done before. Um, I mean, it it wasn't with mannequins. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say that? So, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe okay. there was some salt involved. <laughs> Alrighty, so you cut back to Paris, and uh, Buzz is saying that he's not concerned about Kevin being alone, and he calls Kevin a chub, right? Uh, uh, yeah, it was just like it's generic like, 90s insults, was that whole thing. It was funny, though, when he, he just lists, he goes on his list, he goes A, 2, and D. Yeah. <laughs> Laugh out loud, funny. Well, and Buzz is like what we could argue. Buzz is like maybe thirteen or fourteen years old. He's like the little the little shit can use some time in the real world. Motherfucker, you ain't been in the real world. Yeah, go get a fucking job. Exactly. This kid lives in fucking like lily white suburban Chicago. It's like this kid's acting like he's been you know like breaking coals entire life. Dude, you have gap teeth and a terrible haircut and an ugly girlfriend. I mean, where does your sense of superiority come from? (laughs) 
Well, after this, you get the uh, the gag of an old-timey movie with uh, little Nero's pizza delivery driver, again, running over a stupid statue out front. Um, very cute scene, you know, with the whole fake movie thing. They do a better job at it in the second one, though, <laughs> Tim Curry. And, I mean, the argument, or not the argument, uh, Preble, I think this kind of goes back to... Oh, we can argue if we want. <laughs> this goes back to the whole conversation that we had during, uh, uh, during uh, Footloose. Where this is a TV with an extremely profound audio system. Because you can hear the gunshots from this movie in the front yard. I mean, it's also like a tiny TV. It's like a little tiny portable TV in like the kitchen. But that doesn't stop it from sounding like there's like D-Day has occurred just solely within this kitchen. It's like, oh my god. What the fuck's going on? Also, Kevin's being a real dick here. Yep. Gave him a twenty cent tip. Mm-hmm. Well, he's just fucking with a police, a, a pizza, uh, pizza delivery guy too. That's I think it's the worst part. Like this guy's fucking I mean. job sucks. He's he's delivering pizzas in Chicago in December. His job fucking sucks. And Kevin's like, oh well, let's just scare the shit out of this poor helpless sixteen year old boy. If you were that pizza delivery guy. And you, you legitimately thought that someone was like shooting at somebody else in a house while you're delivering a pizza, or maybe even shooting at yeah. you. You'd call the police. This right. movie would be done. This movie would be done 15 minutes later after Kevin did that because the police would have busted on the door, realized there was an abandoned child, and then probably arrested the parents for child neglect. <laughs> you know. It would have turned into a Law and Order episode. It would have been dun, dun, dun. SVU. Yeah. So you tell me that they left this kid here during Christmas all by himself, and he only had firecrackers to use. Yes, iced tea. That was a, that was okay. a pretty good iced tea right there, yeah, Max. I was gonna say it's great. <laughs> Thank also, you. speaking of iced tea, <laughs> did anyone else notice that the one the one poster that yeah. was in the Biff's whatever his name's room is iced tea? <laughs> no, I didn't see That's that. Unbelievable. Yeah. Look at young Biff. He is. He is Biff. <laughs> no. Oh. I did notice the iced tea thing too. Oh, how fantastic is that? How about you make like a tree? Get the hell out of here! <laughs> you little chub, <laughs> little chub. Oh my god! Oh god! <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, Kevin's mom's able to get a flight back to the states after like selling her body to these old <sighs> people. Um, yeah, dude. Those old people are arguably the worst characters in this movie because this seventy-five-year-old woman extorts a grieving mother who doesn't know if her son's yeah. alive or dead like for everything she's worth she's like oh well is that a real Rolex how about those earrings it can be <laughs> and how much cash do you want or how much cash do you have uh, yeah. let me ask my husband if it's a good woman, deal for those old people no, 500 but... bucks and two first class tickets and oh, you yeah. get to stay in Paris yeah. for another two nights yeah right. be great how many of you guys okay so let's say that the um the deal wasn't on the table, like she was going to give you all the money and like all the jewelry and stuff. If a grieving mother came up to you at an airport and was like, you know, this happened, I need to get home now, would you do it? I mean, sure. If I didn't have anywhere, like anything pressing, I'd be like, yeah, I'll fucking help you out. Also, they would probably put it on the intercom too. Like you should tell the front desk person that and then they'd make an, like an announcement and say we have two first class tickets in exchange for yours. But right. they don't. <laughs> so fuck the Who French. That? You know what? I, I, this just hit me. A, a great movie would have been watching that older couple travel back to the states. You know how did that? Mm. How did that trip go for them? <laughs> you know what kind of what kind of fun oddities did they run into? Yeah, I think it's called Cocoon. 
They're just fucking the entire time. Yeah, no, they're just going. Just having orgies. They all they all gained life now. They come back from uh, come back from Paris. Is that is that is that honestly the, uh, after they took the took the tickets and like walked away? You know, with with all the jewelry, it would have been great. Like a Loggins came song came on. Like, I'm all right. Boo. Don't nobody worry about me. And all of a sudden, it's a fucking like National love Lampoon's that. movie. There's two old people going crazy time Woo! in Paris. Last time I was in Paris, the Germans owned it. Yeah, <laughs> Oh shit! Better days. It'd been a really, a really different take on the movie Indecent Proposal. <laughs> oh man! How about you keep the earrings and give me your holes? <laughs> oh no! Uh. Oh no! How you doing up there, Preble? Uh, I'm doing really great. <laughs> Now we're talking about holes again. <laughs> Max is two for two tonight. I know what I was going to say. He'd definitely be in the Hall oh. of Fame in front of Harold Baines. Harold Baines. <laughs> oh, speaking of holes, mm. yeah. Um, so after this, uh, you get the other you get the other movie scene of all the fake explosions and all that shit. They were just kind of talking about a minute ago. And Marv's running out like a fucking Shaggy and Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Because he is just a cartoon character straight up in this movie. Marv is awesome. He is awesome. And then uh, you got mom, uh, Kevin's mom freaking out because she's stuck in Scranton without a flight back to Chicago when John Candy shows up in a crossover of planes, trains, and automobiles and offers her a ride to, on their way through Milwaukee. Well, and, and this is... this These could arguably been the criminals in this movie. You know, this this poor, grieving woman... Is huddled into the back of a moving van with eight to ten polka singers, just in all their oily grundles. <laughs> That's a oh, long ass drive. Yeah, it's a. I think it's. I googled it last night. It's an eleven hour drive. <laughs> oh my god! In the back of a moving U-Haul. Say it's a. First of all, one. It's a budget truck. Like, there's no way that's a, there's no way that's legal. They got one guy driving. They just like they just all put them in there like cattle as they're playing their instruments. Yep. Right. And also, someone's the like a bunch of Mexicans coming across. <laughs> God damn it! No, no, no. We live in difficult times. At least now we done. We need we need Preble. Okay, this is what I'm on the look for. This is going to be our white whale. It's the time that Preble makes us all go. Unlikely to happen. Hopefully, because I want to have a job and a life after this, oh, after shit. this podcast. God. The, thing, the thing I was going to say was that the real the real villains not even beyond the family is just this town like Kevin's going food shopping he's going like all over the place yeah. and why has no one in this town been like why has this little boy been by himself for the past you know several days he's just, just like wandering, wandering the around. streets staring at churches yeah like, no <laughs> like I think this is an orphan <laughs> yes how about, how about this guys 
how about the authorities in the town start acting like the authorities? And how about the parents start, like, pressuring the cops? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no shit. I have a son. He's alone at home. Get into my house no matter what. Don't just, like, knock twice and then go, well, I guess there's no one home. Bye. <laughs> that was the best. That was the dumbest, best thing ever. They, like, send a, send a car around. So the situation is my son, who's eight years old, is alone at home. He's scared. So what are they going to do? Knock a couple times, then be like, there's no one here. I'm getting some donuts. Bye. Get out of here. It's like... Right. There's okay. no way that's how that would actually have happened. If this was a None. real police force, the police force would have kept going back and, and yes. or broke down the door to make sure that there wasn't anyone home. And if there were real parents and the police force wasn't doing anything, they would have yeah. inundated them with calls. Or found someone in the town that isn't away to go yeah. check on the kid. Yeah. Well, Preble, I mean, I, I actually thought there was one point where that did happen. You know, when, when he's at the grocery store... I, I thought you would appreciate that because, you know, the, the child's place stuff that we've been through where no one notices a kid on a busy subway. The girl goes, you know, hey, where are your parents? Like, are you here by yourself? You know? Yeah, yeah. and then Kevin tells an incredibly unconvincing story <laughs> about, like, oh, my mom's in the car. Like, no, she isn't. Why would she send in an eight-year-old to go food shopping? <laughs> That's stupid as shit. <laughs> or it's like how many sit you know what I mean? It's like like these things like their their answers, sure, and he seems confident, but like no, like this thing just doesn't make sense just right off right off the bat. Well and, and one thing that I noticed too is he buys like twenty dollars worth of groceries. When he goes into Buzz's life savings, there were no more than like four dollars and seventy eight cents in that fucking that's ex- tin. So I literally count them. There are four dollars. That's his life savings. And apparently ten junior mints. Why does he have like a bunch just so you know that he's fat, he's got like, oh, these are these are my life savings, it's like four dollars, but more importantly, junior mints and like Cheetos. Like that's what that's that's what he values, like a fat thirteen-year-old boy. <laughs> Middle of the night, it's two a.m. He just like reaches over and just pops a couple of junior men's rolls back in the bed. <laughs> it keeps like, your like, breath fresh, like Tim in the middle of a fucking podcast. <laughs> all right. Well, um, also, so a little trivia on John Candy in this movie: they filmed all the scenes in one day. Um, yes, saw that. So the the like the actual U-Haul van, they just like set up a stage next to the airport, <laughs> just so they didn't have to go <laughs> too far. And um, everything was improvised by Candy and um, the mom, Catherine O'Hare, because uh, they were both members of the Second City in Toronto, and they were both on uh, the SNL version of uh, in Canada mm-hmm. um, with uh, John Candy. Yeah, so everything, the all of it was completely improvised. Oh god, so funny! I love yep. that. John Candy's a fucking great guy. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, all right. So then uh, Kevin cuts down a tree in the backyard, and Marv and Harry find out that he's home alone, and they plan on coming back that night. Uh, so then Kevin goes to uh, a, a mall Santa and wishes for his family to come home for Christmas. Oh, and then he goes <laughs> to a nearby church. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, first off, with the the whole plan that Marv and Harry lay out, like it's it's really convenient that they they lay their entire plan out within earshot of this open window that Kevin is is leaning out of. <laughs> and, and I mean, you like go back to your car and plan this shit out. But uh, uh, so Kevin just sets his watch nine p.m. Okay, I'll be back by then. Got it. Uh, and then he goes and visits Boozebag Santa who. Can only smell like <laughs> fucking onions, gin, and Marlboro Reds. You know what? I, you want to know what Kevin should have gone to visit? Who they should have gone to visit? The police. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. have gone this is the easy to the police he's yep. smart enough to set up like a Rube Goldberg mannequin machine but he's not smart <laughs> enough to fucking like deduce that he should go to the police when there are two robbers planning to rob him well, clearly he didn't get any parenting, uh, so he doesn't know what the fuck to do. He's just like a wild stray animal. Yeah, he's like the 35th child in like a long string of fucking like reasons why religion's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after uh, the alcoholic Santa leaves, he goes into a nearby church and he runs into old man Marley again. Oh, no. And this time, old man Marley finally decides he's like, you know what? I'm going to comfort this ch- this small child. Yes. So uh, the van. Here's another plan. Here's another plan that Kevin could have implemented. Now that he realizes that old man Marley isn't a psychopath, tell the adults that there's someone <laughs> yeah. going to rob you. Yeah. Oh shit. How about how about you go to the priest? I mean, the, the priest might do something to you. <laughs> but, you, know, you need might, to stay he would here. Also call the police. <laughs> Turns into a different movie again. Right. Dung dung. Bruce answers. So you're telling me that this kid went to a priest and not only did he get raped, but then he came home to a robbed house? <laughs> that's think, not Christmas. Yeah, that's <laughs> happened again. Let's take. Okay. Someone should probably go pick up that kid. Yeah. But you find out that this Van Gogh looking Marley dude isn't a monster after all, and. He's there to see his granddaughter sing because he had a bad falling out with his son years prior. And uh, after their little heart-to-heart, Kevin says that he should reach out to his son. So that's nice. But now it's time for the main event, which I thought happened much earlier in this movie. Yeah, I also agree with you, Max. As a child, I feel like this was like the like 90% of the movie yeah. was this. Not this whole build. It's like 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised by it. I, I hit pause. I'm like, there's only 20 minutes left, and like now they're getting into the stuff? They, they pack a lot into those 20 minutes, though. Oh, they do. Yeah, so you get this uh, montage of Kevin booby-trapping the entire house while Buzz's tarantula just walks around the house with him. And um, before we actually go into all the heinous acts that Kevin's going to commit on these guys, i got to ask you, Preble, in real life, if these guys died, which they would have, would this be first-degree murder or second-degree murder? This would be first degree because he definitely is like premeditated this and he like really weighed it. I mean, well, actually, hmm. It's actually oh, interesting. It's not go. manslaughter because it wasn't an accident. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, either, it's, either, it's like extremely reckless, right? Would be, I, mean, you, I guess you could make it manslaughter because it's just, ex- even if he's trying to defend himself, that's actually leads into one of the comments I have. Like, there's a shot. This, this pellet gun, a shot to the balls, and <laughs> what's it like, like a nail, or whatever the thing is, right to the skull of Marv or whatever. Stabbing, burning. It's like, yeah, I was gonna say, like these things. You, maybe he didn't intend to kill these people. I shouldn't say that, but like he's definitely using like extreme force to, you know, again to Tim's point, just call the police. That's how you handle this. Not like setting up some. You know, some bizarre like self defense mechanism thing, but yeah, I yeah, can just it, see the prosecutor going, cross <laughs> examining Kevin on the stand. So, <laughs> you knew that they were coming at nine o'clock, and yeah. did you call the police? You're like, no, <laughs> no, I set up, I set up yeah, a exactly. torture mech machine. I- I set up something that, like, you know, I was going to say, like, some Kafka-esque, like, bizarre, like, you know, I was going to say, like, some monster would make this. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Kevin is kind of a psychopath, like, as well. 
He's a, he's AJ yeah, Holmes. It's like the first American serial killer. Yeah, he, he, he kind of just turned this house into a death trap. Well, I'll tell you what the um, you know the the maniac the maniac uh, old man the supposed serial killer has trained <laughs> Kevin well. Okay. That, that, that's the real that's the big reveal at the end of this movie is that Kevin's been Kevin's the real the real problem the whole time. It's like oh he's the he's the real mass murderer or whatever of this of this endeavor. Well, I, I like to like a little aside that Kevin has like just enough time. He's you know he takes his time at the at the the church and everything has enough time to get back construct this elaborate fucking house of horrors and doesn't factor in enough time to eat his two minute yeah, microwavable no, meal. <laughs> he really left it late, you know. I was gonna say he's like, and now to eat. It's like, oh shit, they're here. It's like, come on, Kevin. <laughs> Wait a minute. So Harry and Marv are taunting Kevin through the kitchen door, and Kevin fires a BB gun bullet right into Joe Pesci's dick, and then Marv sticks his head straight through the doggy door, and blam, shot to the head. The murder games are now off. So I, I saw something too that like when Marv in that scene where like he like rips his head back out the door, like he actually hit his nose on the door and like busted his nose open. <laughs> the actual like Daniel Stern actually did that. You do have some awesome and funny booby traps. And uh, you can definitely tell that they are inspired by the, you know, like the Looney Tunes and Three Stooges for all this. Oh, yeah. So you got both stairways that are covered in ice. And so I can understand Marv having trouble since he doesn't know that they're covered in ice and he falls down the stairs. But for Joe Pesci, it's like, just walk over the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> like, why, why do you hit, like, is he like a vampire? Like, he has a specific set of rules that he has to do to get into the house? Yeah, no, there's a lot of problems with this whole thing. There's <laughs> a lot of flaws in this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Of, I, don't, I don't know if you noticed this this hour long conversation we've been having, but there seems to be a lot of flaws in this film. <laughs> yeah. No offense, Chris Columbus or well, there, John Hughes, whoever made this. There are many points of ingress into this house if they just decided to, you know, like not use the doors or the obvious ones. Like if they just like threw a rock through the window. And yep. The window. Yep. It's perfectly good windows you can break through. They're like yeah. fucking fifteen feet high. Right. This entire movie just ends with a dead Kevin McAllister. <laughs> You're definitely just bringing in a gun and you got no problem. Um, right. Yeah, sorry. So you got Marv getting stuck on the basement stairs uh, because, the, you know, they're covered in tar or something. And oh, nails. God. Yeah, and then you get a nice old nail straight through the middle of his foot, which is just always painful to watch. <laughs> yeah. So I recently I recently went to watch this as I think you all know uh, the symphony here in Nashville played the the score to the movie while they were showing the movie which was really cool but in yeah. that in that scene where he caught the nail in the foot the entire symphony just went ooh <laughs> <laughs> the entire fucking place oh yeah yeah man I hate that yeah it's uh, close up too and it's slow yeah. it's like oh god. <laughs> Yeah. But it's a but it's a great scream, it is. great scream and a great shot. Just he just falls straight back. Oh, it it's like perfect. Yeah, and then oh, of CTE that came out of this entire sequence is just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All the head injuries. Yeah, but meanwhile Harry's just getting killed by fire in the uh, the door handle, as well as a blowtorch to the head. And uh, <laughs> where where did this like World War Two style bloat? <laughs> yeah, that's not something people have. Yeah. Yeah, was, this is a recent with mannequins technology. again. Who's a real serial killer in this house? Right? Yeah, this is a house filled with murder tools and mannequins. I mean, I'm not saying it's my house, but it's Jesus. I'm not saying it's my house, but someone owes me something because they fucking stole my idea. But get a job. Exactly. 
Someone's been on my Pinterest board. (laughs) 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 So you got uh, Pesci doing a very good curly impression of just standing in there in shock uh, as his torch is just lighting off most of his head for like a solid five seconds. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking fucking vocalizations of these like screams and gasps throughout this entire movie are pure gold. Yeah, some other shit happens too, but then... Kevin calls the cops, and Marv's able to grab him by his foot for a good second. And then Kevin grabs that tarantula, places it right in Marv's head, and you get that hilarious, high-pitched, girly scream from <laughs> David Stern. Best scream in the movie. Best yeah. scream in the movies. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I also got a kick out of uh, Kevin running into the other house across the street, and there's like a solid four feet of water yeah. in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> And then he runs up the stairs, but the wet bandits are there to stop him. And this is the end of the road. Or is it? We'll find out. And before we move on, I just really want to... There's a wonderful line that's, like, really dark, actually. Think about it. When Kevin, like, uses the... What is it? Like, the little rope to get to the treehouse or whatever. They go, like, where'd you go? And and Marvin, that's what they're saying. And then Marvin goes, maybe maybe he committed suicide. (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God. This is for children. You know what I mean? He's, like, really gleeful. So Daniel Stern, uh, he improvised that line. (laughs) Like, there wasn't supposed to be a line. It was just supposed to be, where did he go? And they were supposed to look around. And then Daniel Stern goes, maybe he committed suicide. (laughs) (laughs) It's super funny. It's just super, super weird for, uh, you know, a children's movie. But I so the one thing I was gonna say is like, like Joe Pesci says at one point this is another another piece of trivia but he says yeah I'm gonna bite off all your fingers well Macaulay Culkin came out years later and said like Pesci yeah. actually did and drew yeah. blood he said he has a scar oh, on God. his hand <laughs> during rehearsals what the he fuck? Bit him. <laughs> that's weird <laughs> yep <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Kevin's pinned up against a, on a coat hook, and before they can do God knows what to this kid, old man Marley sneaks in with his shovel and knocks them both out and then takes Kevin home. And then uh, after that, you get the police uh, running into the house to arrest Marvin and Harry, and you got a cop saying... Finally! <laughs> Jesus Christ! And you got a cop saying, nice move leaving the water running, now we know every house you guys broke yeah. into. <laughs> and you got, you got Marv just like with a shit-eating grin, like cocky smile, mm. going like, heh, right? Right? Then he goes, make sure make sure we're the wet bandits. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, you cut the John Candy in the van talking to Kevin's mom. And again, what's made it so much better uh, knowing this time that it was improvised because Candy's trying to make uh, the mom feel better about being a bad parent and uh, makes up the story about leaving his kid at a funeral parlor all day. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah, that was fucked up. That's what, All I put was, now let's cut to even worse parents. <laughs> He was fine after like six or seven weeks. He started talking again. He started talking again. (laughs) And then she just like looks at him and she goes, how about we just don't talk from now on? And Candy's like, well, I mean, you brought it up. Let's try to make you feel better. (laughs) (laughs) So then it's Christmas morning and Kevin wakes up thinking his mom is home, but she's not. Uh, So sad. But then she shows up a minute later. Yay. Now it's happy. And then the rest yep. of the family shows up literally another minute later. <laughs> Woo. And then uh, yeah, the, they all laugh about Kevin going shopping, and then they all just walk away, leaving him alone again. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. 
<laughs> it's like you just you guys are shitting yourselves. You flew all the way back here, and they're like, "Oh, he's okay. All right, let's go back to France." Right. I guess. Or I gotta whatever. take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I need my junior mints. Oh, God, I hope they're, oh, they're real safe. Also, when uh, when they take the... A little bit before that, but they, when they take the killers away... Or not the killers, the robbers away... The victims. Kev- <laughs> yeah, the victims. <laughs> Kevin's sitting there, like, smiling, a sadistic smile. Oh, yeah. Like, Dude, these guys aren't getting... These guys are getting out in, like, ten years. They just, they're just breaking and entering. It's not like they're fucking, like, you know... Yeah, right. they're gonna come yeah. and kill you. Or or eight months, I guess, for the second movie. Uh, yeah. well, that's, yeah. a point. that's a bad. <laughs> I actually totally forgot about that. <laughs> they go real quick. So um, as Kevin looks out the snowy Christmas morning window, he sees old man Marley embracing his estranged family. And the movie ends with Buzz yelling at Kevin for destroying his bedroom because I guess he cleaned up every other trace of the murders that he committed the night before, except for uh, Joe Pesci's gold tooth and Buzz's yeah. entire bedroom. Well, that was another thing I put out. Like, if, if if he's like, you know, if he has as much as, as much ingenuity as he does to build all this fucking these torture devices, can he not fucking fix the bedroom? Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't get some drywall studs and put that fucking thing back up? Like, clean it up a little bit, you know? I mean, yeah. that tarantula is yeah, definitely still walking around the house. That thing's still loose. <laughs> How did he get the tar off the stairs? Yeah, <laughs> Do you have any idea how difficult it is to get tar off things? <laughs> yeah. That that didn't work out. Well, movie ends and McAllisters are definitely never going to leave Kevin home ever again. Oh, no way. Yeah, there's there's no way they'd do that. Never. For the rest of this year. <laughs> Until they make a lot of money off of this and have to do another one. Yeah. That you know, that's when the Department of Children and Family does come to take your son away. After it's like, okay, first okay, time, that's enough. We'll let that one. This one, no, 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 no. All right, time for trivia. Robert De Niro, Bob Hops, uh, Bob Hoskins, Christopher Lloyd, and John Lovitz turned down the role of Harry. John Lovitz would have been I, fucking terrible. I think that was a, a good casting decision. Oh yeah. yeah. Doesn't sound like it was a decision, but I yeah, think that would have been really, casting. really. Yeah, John Lovitz would have been really bad, though. Yeah, Just... good, good. Excuse me, is your father home? <laughs> is your father home? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, where is, where is this John Lovitz impression? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> his three chins just flapping in the wind when he's falling down the stairs. <laughs> oh God! So also another weird, weird one. Uh, Uncle Frank was originally written for Kelsey Grammer. Mm. I can, I can honestly see that though. Yeah, I can. I just think yeah, that would be really odd for someone who's like, I don't know, like I think at that time Frazier. he was like pretty famous. Like he was on Cheers and stuff and. Yeah. You could be some two bit nobody in this movie. Whatever. Yeah, can you imagine him delivering the what like look what you look what you did to your little jerk line with that like super deep baritone and voice I mean I can because, now and it's hilarious yeah. in my head, but <laughs> But also, you know, the Kelsey Grammar as an actor character and then the Kelsey Grammar in real life, two completely different yes. people, so Yes. Yeah, married to like three different playmates and loves cocaine. 
But who doesn't? <laughs> Am I right, gang? Come on. A good Thank point. you. A good I try point. my best. Very true. Well, I know who does, uh, and it's the next guy here. Chris Farley auditioned for the role of Santa, but they turned him down because he showed up to the audition yeah, shit-faced. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's just being a method actor. Uh, he's like, this is what a mall Santa is, a shit-faced fat guy. What the hell do you want? Come on. Although, that would have been hilarious to see Chris Farley as that Santa trying to get into that car, and it's not starting. It's like, God damn it! <laughs> Right, um, I looked up that actor, and that's the guy from Down Periscope and like Armageddon, the big fat guy in all of them. Oh yeah! So just, just a fun fact, because I, I was like, who is this actor? Because his face is hidden, so I was like, he must, he sounded really familiar too. And I was like, oh, yep, I know. <laughs> okay. Speaking of Kelsey Grammer, <laughs> Down Periscope. Also, I, I, um, another trivia thing too is that the car was supposed to start and it <laughs> didn't. When he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going, ah, come on, come on! <laughs> the movie was released on November 16th and held the number one spot at the box office for 12 straight weeks. That's wow, pretty good. Incredible. That's a lot. It's, and it stayed in the top 10 until June of the next year. <laughs> so it was Dude. in theaters from November till June? It stayed in the top 10 for seven months from November to June. That's what I'm saying. So like, it yeah. stayed in theaters at least that long. Yep. Holy shit. I guess there's no reason to, you know, take it out of theaters if you're just continually racking up millions and millions. It's like, you know, money train's coming through. Don't stop it. Choo-choo, am I right, Max? (laughs) Dang, dang. (laughs) 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 Tim only looked to Max for support on that. He's like, oh, Max, um... (laughs) Choo choo, right? Choo, right? Yeah. 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 That's that's what it's like. I'm in the bar. I'm out of here. All right. right. Uh, We're going to disconnect again. Oh, this fucking internet, huh? Tennessee. Yeah, also, uh, the movie was filmed from February to May of 1990, and when they started filming, it was snowing in Chicago, so they had to keep up with that. So they had to use an ice maker, and they also used uh, mashed potatoes as snowflakes. Oh, oh God. So the, the final scene, when uh, Kevin's looking through the window at Marley, it's uh, snowing uh, mashed potatoes. <laughs> that's, that's lovely. <laughs> I don't know if you guys well, noticed see, that too. The ice, like, how fucked, like how fucking weird it looks in some of those scenes. Yeah, like it just looks like ice that you get at the gas station. I did see that uh, that because he was so young that they like couldn't shoot after like 10 p.m. Yeah, they because could only, of child labor. Yeah, they could only film for x amount of hours. Yeah, yeah, and uh, one thing I, I saw too. So, because I, I noticed it when when uh, Kevin was going across the zip line to get to the treehouse or whatever. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin's stunt double was a 30 year old man. It's a midget. <laughs> it's one of those Simpsons gags right there. So the guy playing you know, Bart Simpson falls down. He just goes like, oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, um, Joe Pesci had a problem with swearing, so they had to continuously redo scenes because of it. So uh, the director told him to say fridge instead of fuck. Yeah, that's what you hear of it. Frigid, 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 frigid. go like, motherfucker, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just came off of, like, Casino and Lethal Weapons. So. He had just come off of Goodfellas. Yeah. I was going to say, 
Is yeah. Joe Pesci yeah. still alive? Yeah, he retired. Oh. But <laughs> here's some good Joe Pesci uh-huh. trivia. He retired, but came out of retirement to do a Snickers commercial. <laughs> what? <laughs> you remember that commercial of Joe Pesci a couple years ago? Yeah. This is the whole good yeah. funny, funny how. And he's got like a big toupee oh, yeah. on. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> he hadn't done anything in like 15 years. He did that fucking <laughs> Snickers commercial. <laughs> uh, I, I saw something else in retirement. I saw Golf. something else about him, dude. He just he just fucking punches punches children probably um, <laughs> for being too tall. But I uh, I saw something else about Pesci that that he he somewhat method acted this. Did you see this, Max? No. So like he said he he, he wanted Macaulay Culkin oh, to be yeah. scared of him. So like on the set he wouldn't hang out with him. Like he didn't talk to him. He didn't sit around him. He didn't do he anything. Ignored, yeah. Just so Macaulay Culkin would be scared of him. <laughs> That's just Joe Pesci. Just Probably worked be, pretty well. Yeah, but that's just him just being like, now I don't have to talk to this little shit. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, going some of these questions. Who's your favorite and least favorite character in this movie? Uh, my favorite character in the movie is Old Man Haskins. Uh, seems like a good guy. Seems like I might like him. Um, my least favorite character is definitely um, Kevin's mom. Because she seems like a real bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I guess I'll say, so my favorite, I'm going to say, is Marv. Because I always thought he was the funniest one yeah. in this entire thing. Because the screams, the physical comedy, I think is hilarious. So he's definitely my favorite. My least favorite is probably like the shitty cheapskate uncle. Because like he's just... Uncle like Frank. he Like all... All the, yeah, Uncle Frank, all the other ones, you know, like, at least the family, like, tries to make up, you know, like, even Buzz says something kind of nice, and then Uncle Frank is just like, yeah, go fuck yourself, like, where's the scotch, you know, and he's like, oh, okay, just being like a huge stack of shit the entire time, so I, yeah, yeah, I would definitely say Uncle Frank is my least favorite. So there's a uh, there's like a fucked up fan theory that Uncle Frank is uh, the one who hired the guys to go break into the house. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that sounds about right. Okay. Definitely, definitely true. Well, uh, I, so my favorite, uh, it's going to be the, the man of the hour, Kevin McAllister. Um, smart, ingenuitive, just crazy enough to get away with it. Um, you know, I feel like I see a lot of myself in Kevin McAllister. A lot of sad- sadistic tendencies. <laughs> All about that. Um, least favorite, I can't believe no one else said this, Buzz. Yeah. Buzz. I fucking hate Buzz. <laughs> Come on. suck. That stems from my childhood. I saw this movie in theaters, which you, I don't think any of you guys were fucking alive when this came out. Um, but I saw it in theaters, and I remember hating fucking Buzz How then. old are you? <laughs> yeah, this is a, yeah. I'm old. You're only like a year older than this. Uh, we, uh, not many people know, uh, here in about four days, old Paco's going to be celebrating his 31st birthday. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, just another notch in the belt, guys. Just one more year closer to the grave. I thought you meant like a literal notch in your belt. Oh, God. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. I was not prepared. <laughs> I I was like, Jim, put f- your dick back in your pants. <laughs> uh, when he said 31, I pressed play and it, it, it delayed there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just makes me oh, laugh. Shit. All right, sorry. Well, <laughs> um, kind of interrupted that with that blood curdling scream. <laughs> I'll say my favorite is Marv, hilarious guy. 
whenever you see his face, he's just you start laughing. And uh, I'll say least favorite. Um, Tim said the mom. I'll say the dad. The mom yeah. definitely wears the pants in the relationship. And then also just from like a you know patriotical standpoint, don't leave your fucking wife at the airport and say you know, oh, I hope you don't get arrested for you know having a mental breakdown later. I'll see you in a couple of days. I was gonna say this. This husband was not very supportive at all. Like she's like, "I'll stay because I love my son." He's like, "All right, I'm going to bed." Go. Cool. Like, it's like, Bye. It's like, don't be. Why are you being such an asshole about this? I know. Just don't do that. Yeah. All right. So, Home Alone, pretty spot on movie title. But if you could change it to something else, what would it be? Angels with filthy souls. <laughs> I think they already got that. Was the the actual movie? Mm-hmm. The I know we movie. we yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah we got that. it. Mm-hmm. We didn't like that. Um, hmm. uh, Kevin McAllister, a murder in the making. Um, I don't know. It's just like <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that's uh, mine. Mine's, mine was got kind of similar. Mine was uh, making a murderer, the Kevin McAllister story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's getting, he's just getting primed up for his future career of murderer. So. He got a rush, and he knew he got away with it. You can see those beady devil eyes. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I mean, ever since Max started doing his iced tea impression, I'm like totally on board with this being an SVU episode. <laughs> 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 so it's just Law and Order SVU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with Max as Kevin McAllister. Yeah. Slash Voicing Ice Tea. Yeah, he, Max plays all the roles. He's like the Eddie Murphy of this. <laughs> like, oh, man. Max Healy as Kevin McAllister and Ice Tea. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a dynamic combination of two people we would have always imagined together. Just got some shitty CGI. It's just me and me. One with a blonde wig. Me and the other one with me and just in blackface and cornrows. Like, oh, God. <laughs> so I need to clean up all these dead bodies to get this kid out of here. Listen, Fada. We got you on the hook for 7 of 10. <laughs> so you better start spilling. Where's he get the salt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, unlike IMDb with their 0 through uh, through 10 score, or Rotten Tomatoes with their certified fresh score, we decided to make our own scoring system. So, guys, what would your score be? I would say um, a it would be a perfect score on the uh, sociopath test uh, <laughs> for Kevin McAllister um, out of um, 20 fresh... Um, fresh CTE scars on Marv and uh, Marv's brain. <laughs> Poor Marv. He's got the brain of a 27-year-old linebacker. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Junior Seau. Oh. I'm sad. <laughs> I like Junior Seau. Yeah. Brev? It's not good. Uh, let's see. What would I give this? I would give, I would give this one successfully defend, defended home out of two failed murder attempts by Kevin McAllister. <laughs> uh, because I think that's really the the real thrust of this movie is not that like Kevin is, you know, oh like you know, you know what an ingenious boy and he saved himself and his family's home. It's that like. 
Yeah, exactly. Like we were saying earlier, like first blood, like Kevin got a taste for it and he's going to get, you know, in a couple months time or, you know, he's going to get another crack at it. It's like, how, how can I better, yeah, how can I better murder or like torture these people? Like this is like the inspiration for Saw, like Jigsaw dude, is just Kevin I did see, I, dude, like, I saw something yeah. online that said that like there were people that, that have a fan fiction that, that Kevin McAllister turned into the murderer from Saw. His Jigsaw. Really? Oh my God. This is absurd. <laughs> oh shit! Well, uh, I'm gonna give this one pair of earrings, a fake Rolex watch, two first class tickets, and five hundred dollars <laughs> out of one BB gun ruptured testicle. <laughs> God, got shoot an eye out with that thing. <laughs> Man, I was gonna say it's a Christmas story come early. <laughs> yep. All right, well, mine's going to be, it might be in poor taste, but I'm going to give this a score of 1-800-252-2873, which is the hotline for child services in the state of Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> or is Max just being the only adult in this entire film? <laughs> you know, really, like, taking this actually seriously, like, a fucking child is alone! Help him! <laughs> Well, that's the episode. Just as a reminder, if you want to follow our Facebook and Instagram pages, just click on the links at the bottom of the description box of this episode. Also, um, if you like the show, please write and review um, us on iTunes. It just helps us gain a bigger following. All right, well, let's throw some Nazi references in there before we leave. Yeah, we got that, too. Uh, we got those. Yeah, we did, Check. unfortunately. Yeah, and we got, yeah we had, some, we had some, uh, some good jokes about Catholic priests. Yep. R.I.P. Bill Dooley. Yep, so if you guys like what we're talking about, definitely write and review. We'd appreciate it. I think this might be why we have like three followers. And they're all in foreign we're countries. Really, we're really going for a real <laughs> slim demographic. I was, telling, I was telling Abby's cousin and her boyfriend, like uh, uh, they asked about the podcast, and I was saying, yeah, like every time we, you know, we'd like the guy, like, the guy who really, you know, tracks all the stuff and like put like runs the podcast and puts it all together would tell us like you know we'd have oh we have a new follower in Sweden and then we'd like promptly just shit on Sweden for like three episodes until they all until they all disappeared and then he'd be like oh yeah we have more followers in Japan and then gone we're just making racist Japan comments and then gone we're like the most effective podcasters at getting people to not to listen it's like you guys are trying to not have anyone listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. What state are you from? Fuck that state. <laughs> like, what uh, What race are you? We're going to make fun of that one. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Write and review. <laughs> so, uh, until next time, remember, adoption is always an option. Oh, that rhymes. That was good. Oh, Max. So, yeah. Killing them. Man, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> there we go. Some iced tea right there. Adoption is always an option if you hate your kids. So, happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Well, the merry bells keep ringing. Happy fucking holidays. Happy motherfucking holidays. Happy fucking holidays.
Boy, I'm going to tell you what. That podcast probably did not go very well. <laughs> I don't know. I was laughing. Uh, it, took a good, uh, it took us a good 45 minutes to warm up. Yeah, I felt, I felt like the first half of that podcast, not Max would say something, we would all just go, yep. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, yeah, we, we warmed up pretty good, though. I think it, it technically takes us a long time to warm up anyways. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, that's just because every movie, unless it's like a, you know, unless it's Roadhouse... It, all the movies always start off slow because they always have to yeah, build up yeah. into something so it's always just not good which again is also probably not good for uh, viewership when the first 35 minutes is just fucking boring <laughs> oh I enjoyed it all the podcasts from now on Max <laughs> start right at the end <laughs> yeah and then Kevin came home and his family all embraced him so you're probably wondering how we got here let's go back to the beginning <laughs> It's like, I'm, oh, I'm not. Jesus. I've seen Home Alone before. 